This is it, guys. The first episode of Online Warriors in the year 2020. It's great to be here. It's going to be a 2020 experience. We're going to have 2020 vision. Hindsight is 2020, but we're not looking back. We're looking forward into the future. And uh, as always, I am Illegal86, and I am joined by the ever so lovely Nerd Bomber. Hello and happy 2020, everybody. And the man himself, Tectic. Hey, how's it going? Guys, it's a new year. Happy New Year. It's great to be here. Uh, Before we dive into things, of course, I have to ask the classic New Year's question. Are you guys willing to share your resolutions? We talked about this a little bit in our secret segment, but my main resolution that I will give you guys a little bit of a sneak preview um, was besides getting fit, getting into my hobbies. I'm just going to go ahead and say samesies because we kind of circled on a it's parallel like a joint, path. It's like a joint resolution. Like you're going to like motivate each other and stuff. But they're very different hobbies is the fun thing about it. But so in our relationship as a couple, we tend to do a lot of things together, which then doesn't give us a lot of like individual hobby time. So by us individually pursuing different hobbies, then that kind of helps each other achieve our goals. Right. Well, I mean, it sounds like a good plan uh it also sounds like a much more cohesive plan than mine i'm i'm like i'm kind of weird about new year's resolutions a lot of the time uh part of me thinks that new year's resolutions are like not a good thing because i think i've talked about this in the past on the show like i feel like they just cause you to like localize your self-improvement around one time of the year Uh, i do have a resolution though in spite of all that all those feelings um i have one resolution and it's to uh write something uh long form uh so for those that don't know i do write a a movie blog every week um but i'm gonna i think i'm gonna try and take some of that energy because i do put a decent amount of energy into that i'm gonna take that energy and funnel it into uh something longer form i don't know star wars fan fiction i mean i don't i don't know what it's gonna be i'm open to any any ideas uh from the from the fan community i guess i'm open to that too like i have a couple of ideas written down be it for like a screenplay or an or like a novel or even just like a short story or something something that i can at the end of the year put my name on and say this was what i was like it's kind of an imprint of what you were like in 2020 right like as a writer you can write this thing and then 30 years from now look back and be like this sucked but i did it my um, suggestion for you and something that I would love to read is if you did like a web serial type thing, like I don't know if you're familiar with the web serial Worm, but that actually has like a huge following and it was, a, I don't know if he released a new chapter every week, um, but right. basically just releasing a chapter of something and writing a chapter every week, I would totally read the crap out of that. And that like, and, and that's a good idea too, because it kind of fits my current MO of like, for this blog. And like, I'm not sure yet, I've, I've kind of waffling... I might put the blog down for a bit to try and focus on this new thing I want to do or like switch the blog to once every two weeks or once a month. Um, but yeah, that, that would be a good thing, uh, a kind of a, a good outlet for this because as of right now, I write like typically around a thousand to like 1200 words a week for a movie blog. So if I just took that and wrote a thousand words a week about, I don't know, something, I mean, with those kind of things, you, there's probably an element of it that's like just finding it along the way um but yeah that's that's what i want to do in in 2020 uh put my name on something and i don't know if that name will be illegal 86 or if it will be my actual name which none of you know but 
either way, it's very exciting. And uh, so is today's episode. Uh, we have a few things to run through as usual. We're going to be talking about the Golden Globes, which of course happened earlier this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about CES, which is happening right now. And then of course, there's that buzzy New Mutants trailer that dropped actually on the day that we're recording this. Um, and in fact, why don't we just dive right in with that? Because uh, I actually watched this New Mutants trailer right before we right before we started recording, essentially. And um, I have a lot of questions. I'm, I'm definitely enticed. But my first question kind of detected off the air was like, where is the comic book basis of this? And I guess I'll just ask that question again so everyone can listen to your answer, Tactic. So here's kind of what I think about it. In the in the comic books, mutants are hated by normal humans for the most part. The government wants them. People are envious of them slash don't trust them. They feel that they are this, quote, superior race that's just going to wipe them out one day. And to me, this movie seems like the realistic take on what the X-Men franchise should be. And what I mean by that is, in what world would we have these superpowered humans that are just going to go to a special college and, and everyone's just going to leave them alone? Yes, right. in, the, in the show, they've kind of touched on um, hostility towards humans. I mean, not in the show, in the movie, in the, especially in the first one, where Magneto was kind of against humans, but it never really went to, to the level that we saw with exclusively Wolverine, right, with the whole Weapon X project. This this is showing that it's really any mutant that they can get their hands on. They're they're putting them in into these laboratory experiments. They're they're killing them off. But what it looks to me is not only are they killing them off, but they're extracting their DNA. So potentially are they are they using that for their own weapon? I mean H I J K L M N O P if if you will. And that's why th- this this trailer really really excited me simply because. That's what it would be like in reality if if we had mutants. They would 100% be used as weapons. They'd be treated inhumanely and they'd be swept under the rug so that no one knew about what was being done to them. Yeah, I mean, out of the comics, looking at like the comic book history, the new mutants were basically just a group of teenage students in Xavier's Institute. And I think this, like you said, this is a very different take on what we normally see in the comics and in the X-Men movies. And even from Marvel Studios in general, this is such a darker movie. And it looks more like a horror film that has elements of X-Men in it than anything else. And I'm very excited to see this movie. Like watching the trailer, it just wasn't what I expected out of the next X-Men movie. And it just, like I said, I probably won't enjoy it from the standpoint that I'm not really good at horror movies, but it looks like this could be a really good horror thriller. And even the cast, like it, it, it just looks like this is going to be a stellar movie. I'm hoping that it turns out better than the last X-Men movie. I feel like it has a lot of redemption to do because I feel like the last X-Men movie was just not great, kind of a bombed critically and with the fans. So I think this new take on it kind of gives it a fresh start. You've got a fresh cast of characters. You've got fresh talent being infused. And I think it's going to be unique in that it stands alone from all of the other Marvel movies that we'll be getting in the next few years. So I'm actually really excited to see this. I I know we talk about it ad nauseum, how we kind of have like comic book movie fatigue, but this looks something new and refreshing and I think this is what needs to be injected into comic book movies to keep them fresh and exciting. And right. the other the other side of it too is 
even if they're it's they're not just like murdering them what if they're just trying to destroy their will right what's the best way to control control someone to just break them down till they're a shell of nothingness and that's crazy right. to me that they're that they're taking this approach now so i think everything you guys just said is is right especially the fact that it looks above all it looks like something that's suitably different and like you know we talked about black widow's trailer a few weeks ago and and how we didn't we weren't feeling that essentially it just didn't it's the timing was wrong and it looked like the same old thing again this looks very fresh uh very different tonally at least and like you said you have you know you have charlie heaton from stranger things you have anya taylor joy from glass and split and you have of course uh I can't think of her name. Arya Stark. Maisie, Maisie Williams, Williams is, is her name. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you have all this star power um, being injected into what seems like a very fresh story. I think, you know, with, with the last X-Men, there's really nowhere to go but up. And But this looks like it could be a very strong, strong upward turn um, for the franchise. Now, my main question is, and you mentioned that, you know, in the comics, there it's a, it's a group of teenage mutants, and they're at they're at the same school as usual. Is this building that they're shown in like it's like a it looks like a haunted house? But is it the same school, or is it supposed to look like the same school as what we've seen in the past X Men movies? Because I was thinking that for a lot of the trailer, and I was I wasn't sure. I was trying to figure that out, and I couldn't. I think Xavier's school is meant to look like a college campus, whereas this one is meant to look like a like, an like a hospital or campus or yeah so i i i didn't get that okay I, I guess i could see campus to campus parallels but i to me i got a different feel altogether well i th- I think i and there's certainly an element where like i probably saw it because i wanted to see it because again we've what we know of x-men right now at least from a cinematic standpoint is oh everyone's happy they're at this school and then like something goes wrong and they all work together and fix it this is going to be completely different and i feel like it is it's probably meant to draw parallels to xavier's institute and basically be like the antithesis of everything that it is twisted version of it right yeah which i think is brilliant because like you said you see when the trailer starts like it it looks like it should be xavier's institute and then that very quickly falls apart and i think in a movie setting that could be super interesting because it basically breaks all of your preconceived notions of the X-Men and even the characters personas like normally you do get like the X-Men are brought to Xavier's school and they're taught to like harness their powers because they're kind of troubled and they don't know how to deal with the new developments of their mutant powers but I mean these characters all had some pretty dark pasts like they killed people and so I, I think right. this is just like a completely different spin on x-men and like tectic said probably what would happen because the majority of humanity would be scared of these type of people and how their powers are manifesting right and, and i think the the one thing that i liked the most about the trailer is like another thing x-men's a great franchise but another thing that you see from them that comes across as a little bit campy is like when you're introducing these mutants you're like, oh, this, you know, this is the guy that shoots ice out of his hands. Or like, this is the Cyclops guy. Or the, like, everyone's like this guy that has this thing. Like, this is our super fast guy. The thing about this trailer is that you get the backstory of the main cast of characters. You you see them sitting in this sort of group therapy circle and they're saying, oh, I killed this many people and like, this thing happened to me. It's unclear, both visually and like in terms of what the characters are saying, what their powers are. And it seems like the main character, they don't even know what her powers are and they're trying to figure that out. And I think that adds an element of excitement 
uh, to to both the trailer and hopefully to the movie of where of like you know i'm hoping that in the next trailer for this movie before it comes out they don't show too much about what these people can do because that's one of the exciting parts when you go to see the movie you're you're thinking okay anya taylor joy has killed what did she say 19 people or something how, how did she do it um it's almost like you might... get to grow with these characters throughout yeah. the movie it's not like you know who they are because i mean let's be real every superhero movie too I, I don't know if these characters have a comic book foil. I don't, I'm don't. i not that familiar with X-Men. But for the most part, you walk into a comic book movie and you know exactly what the powers are. You know, for the most part, what their personalities are going to be like. You know what their sure. enemies are and everything like that. And They're all archetypes, basically. Ex- exactly. And this feels yeah. like you're going to be able to actually discover these characters for the first time walking into this movie. And I really like that. Yeah, that was, I mean, that to me, that was, that was my biggest takeaway is, uh, we don't know what these characters can do. And that's exciting because, you know, in almost every other Marvel movie that's happened in the past 10 years, even the ones that introduce new characters, we have a pretty good sense of like what they can actually do. And that's what, like, when I'm thinking about past Marvel characters, that's what makes characters like Vision so exciting because Vision you didn't really know even going into age of ultron you didn't know what he could do and vision didn't know what he could do so like it was just i think that added another fold to it and i would hope we get something similar similar here so so as go ahead as always i like to interject my fan theory so the main character they never ever said her name and i'm not going to look it up because i don't want to ruin this theory and by name i mean like the role she's playing but right They say that she survived an accident because of her mutant powers. And the power she showed was this fiery thing. I'm wondering if she's Jean Grey in this. And that was the phoenix coming out. And that's what killed her family. Boy, I would really hope that they don't do that. I mean, just because of how badly this last movie, which was centered around the phoenix. I know. know. How badly that did. Like, I would think they would shy away from that. Every time they try and tackle the Dark Phoenix, doesn't work. X three was the same thing. Doesn't it seem weirdly parallel to it? Um, well, it's so it's kind of hard for me to say just because I don't have a whole lot of experience with X Men. But like I said, my experience with with Dark Phoenix is X three, and I didn't even see this last movie, but I you know I saw of it. It's like I that's my exposure to like what Dark Phoenix even is. I don't think we saw enough out of this main character to, to draw that conclusion it would certainly be bold and you know i don't know how much of this movie is so it's directed by josh boone who he was the guy who did the fault in our stars actually which is a totally totally different movie um i don't know to what extent he's being told what to do or if he's how much he's ripping from the graphic the the comic or graphic novel or whatever and even to what extent it's connected to the x-men so because that would be a, a, the strongest connection that we see here right to, to the x-men that we know and love but it could certainly be. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out when this when this movie comes out. April 3rd, 2020. So I'm excited to see it. I think, like I said, I've had a lot of comic book movie fatigue, but this might be a day one for me. Although I'll probably have to like close my eyes and wear a diaper so I don't pee my pants. Because like I said, I'm not wow. very good. I, I'm so bad at horror movies. I'm so bad at them. I don't watch the movie. I'm basically peeking through my fingers. So it'll be interesting to see if I can make it through this. I mean, the, th- the thing is, so like, I'm, I think I'm feeling comic book movie fatigue as much as the next guy. X-Men to me, so the last X-Men movie I saw was Apocalypse. 
and I didn't care for it. And like, but even before that, what was the one before that? Days of Future Past. Days of Future so. Past was day, that, Days of Future Past was pretty good. Apocalypse was not very good. And I was like, I'm taking a break from X Men. So I did not see Dark Phoenix, which by all uh, accounts was a good move. X Men. Like I'm hesitant to say I'm ready to get hurt again, but like that might be where I am with them because they're, they're disconnected from the rest of the Marvel machine, right? right? You're, you're not as much signing up for like interconnectivity between three other franchises and three, you know, a million other characters. There will probably be an element of that because that's the age of cinema that we're living in. But like, I think it might not be as strong as what you get with, with the MCU. Well, I think I was reading somewhere that this was pitched as a trilogy. And I don't know if they're going to move ahead with it as a trilogy or if this will end up being a standalone movie. But if it is just like a standalone trilogy, I would sign up to follow these characters and not have it necessarily be so intertwined with the rest of the Marvel Universe. Maybe like the Logan Universe that was set up, but not the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. So I'm, sh- I'm sure it will be a trilogy just because, again, I feel like that's... How often these days do you see a standalone movie? It just doesn't happen, especially when there's a superhero involved. This is true. So I, I looked up her character, by the way. Thankfully, it's not Jean Grey. You it's not yourself. Phoenix. It is Magic, aka Colossus's little sister. So uh, totally uh, new storyline. So that's definitely reassuring. One more plus for me. Well, I'm, Magic is Anya Taylor Joy. But what about the main character? Because that's not the main character. The main character is, uh, boy, I don't even, I don't know what the actress's name is. I'm, I'm in over my head here. Oh, it, she might actually be Mirage. I'm looking at the Wikipedia too. Or Cecilia, no, Cecilia Reyes is the medical doctor. Anyways, there's a lot to parse here. It doesn't look like F- F- Dark Phoenix is involved, thankfully. But um, New Mutants is coming April 3rd, 2020. Any closing thoughts, Tactic? I'm excited to see it. And, uh... Let's keep the fan theories going. Yeah, that, and that's a really good point. Uh, if you have watched the trailer and if you've just listened to us uh, talk about it and, and Tactic gave his own theory as to what's going on, if you have any countering theories or additional theories, we're on the social meds. We're, we're there. We're right in there, right? Twitter, we're like, we're seeing all the tweets go by us. Um, so go hit us up there. Uh, I am at OW Illegal 86. We have at OW Nerd Bomber and at OW Tactic. And then of course there's our main account for the show at Online Warriors 1. So um, go hit us up. We'd love to, we'd love to chat with you uh, about New Mutants or anything that we're going to talk about in this episode or anything at all. I'm just waiting for someone to ask me some dumb question like, you know, whether I prefer chocolate or vanilla. I prefer vanilla, by the way. Boo. So I've answered that one already, but come up with another question like that and I will be happy to answer it. You're a chocolate man, Tactic? Dark chocolate man. Dark, well, okay. I mean, that's like, now you're now you're really going outside the box. I don't well, like not really. chocolate. Don't like white chocolate. I just like dark chocolate. I kind of like too- orange chocolate. Orange chocolate's pretty Ooh. dope. Wow, you guys are chocolate weirdos. I just, just give me a Hershey bar and I'm, I'm, I'm all set. You don't, what's it, too sweet for you, Tactic? Yeah, I prefer the bitter like how what percent dark are you like 80 percenter are you like crazy i i have no idea honestly i have had 80 percent dark chocolate bar and that stuff's not good like it blows your hair back there's no sugar in it it's literally just bitter chewy chocolate and it's not super great not my fave hayes who was who was on last week um 
she likes like the 60 percent, which is like it's still too much for me like i don't even if milk chocolate i don't even think it registers on a percentage but if it, if it does it's like five or something but she likes a 60 percent dark chocolate dark chocolate which still you know it puts hair on your legs it's just not for me it's not that's not what the candy experience that i'm looking for anyways we're, we're digressing let's talk about um let's talk about ces guys let's talk about ces 2020 so as we mentioned uh it's going on right now actually as we record this does it end it will be ended by the time this episode drops i don't I know think how it goes it until like thursday or friday of this week okay so it'll it'll still be going on at the time we're recording this i'm not even i don't even think the show floor is open yet um but we still have a lot of stuff to go through so you know we're already seeing a bunch of cool new gadgets um and we're all just kind of going to run through some things that we saw that uh tickle our fancy in one way or another and um i'm going to start speaking of tickling tickling your fancy uh the charmin robot and it's exactly what it sounds like uh it's a toilet paper robot so let's say you're sitting on the john and you look over to uh you reach over to grab some toilet paper and, and it's gone tale is all this time first of all uh using your phone you can request that charmin's bare-faced toilet roll robot fetch you a roll and bring it to you in the loo now i have a lot of questions here uh first of all there is actually a bear's face on it that's not exaggeration I, i'm looking at a picture of it right now here's my main question what if the door is closed what if the door to the bathroom is closed and the bo- and the robot where i mean i guess where's your toilet paper there's a lot of variables here so i don't know how much they engineered this thing i'm envisioning basically the kool-aid man of toilet paper just bust through your wall door wall doesn't matter oh as yeah long as, <laughs> as long as the toilet paper gets to you it's done its job the cleanup of like the of the of like the damage and the debris that's on you he, like, he got you with the toilet paper personally i feel like this has to be more of a marketing gimmick than anything else because i have a lot of issues so first of all like you said the door could be closed secondly how big is your bathroom that like you can't just reach under the sink and grab the toilet paper yourself because normally i don't know about you guys but i keep a spare roll of toilet paper in addition to in the closet under the sink just in case of emergencies because the sink is like right by the toilet so you're the always hatch. exactly so yeah. like how big is your bathroom that you can a store a robot if the door is closed and b why right. then why can't you just like reach under the sink grab one and then my other thing here is if you're going to be stacking the robot because like what happens if you call this robot but then you didn't refill it so then it, there's no toilet paper on it you're still sol literally then you might <laughs> as well you might as well just stock under the sink if you're go- doing that i don't know it's a, well I, okay so i think you raise a lot of great points uh i love the idea of this i i, I have pretty much the same questions about the execution i mean what if you like what do you like you said what if you're in a half bath that there's not a lot of room to move around in there plus when this thing isn't giving you toilet paper where is it is it like is it like a roomba it's like in a little in a little pod just like watching you like probably the thing. it's sitting in the corner of your bathroom just staring at you with that big exactly. happy bear face that's the thing is if it's not in your bathroom how is it going to open the door if it is in your bathroom it's watching you poop when you don't need it to give you toilet paper even if you don't need it it's there watching you and you know people are scared of everything every piece of technology watching us nowadays for those this of you even to the list remotely considering this they have aesthetically pleasing toilet paper holding towers that you could slimly put in your bathroom. 
I do have they, to ask, what would you name this sucker if you were to own this and have it in your household? Like, you're out of toilet paper. What name do you call this robot when you are in dire need of TP? Well, Buddy. I, I, no, no. You got to call him. I'd, I'd treat, it'd be like a son to me. So obviously it's poo related. So I'd call it Squirt. That's pretty okay, good. That's, pr- that's pretty good. Uh, Nerd Bomber, what do you have? I would call it tp 3 like Star Wars. Get it? TP. <laughs> See, that's that's pretty good. Buddy, I've, I feel... I was completely blown away by your two answers. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to run out and buy this, especially considering it'll probably be expensive. But, like, what this is a, sol- this is a solvable problem in the average American home, right? It, and that's what I find so compelling about it is that everyone's been on the toilet and they're out of toilet paper and they don't want to get up and do like the squat shuffle to wherever the toilet paper is and there's no one home so like it's a it's a relatable quandary i think is the key but anyways i'll 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 give the floor to one of you to talk about something that you found interesting i just thought that was it was one of the many fun things that we've seen so far so what i found particularly interesting was a company called brain co is now undergoing FDA approval for a new prosthetic hand that will cost around $10,000 and will interface with your brain waves and a little bit of muscle movement to give lifelike motions and interpret your intentions, which is, in my opinion, a great step forward in prosthetics. However, the one thing I don't like that I, that I, I want to probe a little bit is the price tag on it the $10,000. And and the reason why I want to probe that is simply because I actually have a background in this. When I was in college, my my studies were on brain-control interfaces with prosthetics. And we're in a society today where 3D printing is at our fingertips and there is a lot of, on the, quote, maker space, already built-up models for such limbs and ligaments so while well, so you i tell, how much should this cost you tell me this should probably yeah. cost to manufacture including all of the necessary sensors about a grand really with all the servos and stuff like that yes about a grand you're, you're saying there's a 10 to 1 markup on this thing you're not you're not putting a lot of torque on each servo it doesn't need to be a heavy duty servo it just needs to hold like normal grip force. I'm I suppose sure. you're really calling these people out here. I don't know. I feel like prosthetics in general are pretty expensive, though. I, I actually thought this was kind of reasonable when you said ten to fifteen thousand. I was expecting you to say like fifty thousand. I thought for for something that's like so technologically advanced. I mean, you think of regular prosthetics that a lot of them don't even really move. I don't think I, I'm not an expert in prosthetics, but I know they're really expensive and. I don't know. I thought that was actually kind of reasonable. So where so I where I think the price comes from is all of the necessary testing to get FDA approval. True, and then well, that's like uh, in that's most of the medical field. That's that's where it comes from. But like, I mean, it's fine motor skills, right? I mean, I know you're saying these servos shouldn't cost much, but like, what if you have to pick up a toothpick? That seems like a ten thousand dollar kind of thing to me. Like in terms of like what you Fair. should be able I, to I do with I haven't seen it. I haven't seen its its accuracy in play. But the other side of thing that, that is truly revolutionary about this is none of it is um, invasive as far as the calibration and the user okay. interface. 
So there's there's nodes on your scalp that you don't need to shave your hair or anything to get. You just got to make sure you have a good contact that you would stick it to. And your link is open. Once you calibrate all of the nodes to your specific brain waves, you're good to go. And that's that's where the the technology really, really shines with this, because there's a lot of things that, you know, they've talked about tying things into nerve endings to get a direct signal. And and all of that is is way more extensive on the FDA approval side as well as no one wants to get surgery, right? There, there's always risk of complications and things like that. So right. that, in my opinion, is where the $10,000 price point has value is that it's easily accessible to anyone who who needs it, um, as long as insurance helps out. But that's another conversation sure. for another day. Uh, Nerd Bomber, what's on your cool list? Um, uh, so one of the gadgets that I saw that I thought was really cool is called the Prinker, and it's actually a temporary tattoo printer. Um, so this is actually kind of neat to me because a, a little while ago I was like kind of bandying about the idea of getting a tattoo. I'm like not really great with needles, so that's why it never super panned out. But before doing that, I had looked at a bunch of like temporary tattoo printing services like Inkbox, and basically with those things. It, they, they'll print out this tattoo that will last probably like a week and it's pretty much applied like your standard child temporary tattoo and so this printer actually prints ink directly onto your skin it's not permanent it doesn't hurt it literally is just like a wand you almost wave over your skin and it prints any tattoo that you can think of um and i think that's pretty cool because for a few reasons first of all if you're like me and you you don't actually like needles this could be a solution to displaying ink on your arms and not having to worry about that um it would also be really useful i think for people who are contemplating getting a tattoo or want to test drive a tattoo because let's be real when you actually get real ink you have to live with that for the most part for the rest of your life unless you get it removed which is equally as painful as getting it applied so i think this could actually be really useful for the tattoo industry and i think it was pretty nifty i really like that one well, there you have it. I, my biggest complaint about it is the name is not good. When I hear the word prinker, I think of a, it's like a person that got made fun of in school. <laughs> yeah. For, be- for better or for worse. I can see uh, that. You know, that's like, not nah, inspired. Like, prinker. Exactly. Um, that, that opinion is less inspired by a history of being a bully and more inspired by a history of being bullied. But um, that's just the first thing that pops into my head when I hear it. Uh We'll go through, we're running a little short on time, so let's do one more each um, from CES. I, so I I drive a Hyundai. I love Hyundai. Shout out to Hyundai. Not a sponsor, but uh, I love the Elantras that you make. Um, Hyundai and Uber Elevate put out what they're calling the SA1 Urban Air Taxi. This is an air taxi concept designed for Uber Elevate's upcoming urban air travel service, which right away, what the heck. Um compact aircraft seats five people including the pilot has a cruising speed of 200 miles per hour and a cruising altitude between 1000 and 2000 feet i mean just based on that summary but also looking at this thing it's very futuristic i mean imagine this thing looks like it's straight out of the future like so i very often without without giving any geographical details i very often will do a drive that's like eight or nine hours. If I had 
this urban air taxi and granted it's urban so i probably wouldn't be able to drive it like across the country i don't know what the range of this thing is but imagine driving 200 miles per hour instead of 60 miles per hour you cut it in third and you third the time i mean that's huge um i don't know how how long it will take or whether this thing will be able to get off the ground pun intended but um it's exciting and it's super cool and you know how long have we been talking as a society about flying cars the thing that excites me about it is i was never enticed to be an uber driver unless i could be the uber driver for that specifically because i'd get the opportunity to fly around and i wouldn't need to make the investment hopefully hopefully that's like an uber fun thing you probably like need a, a like a pilot's license you think they'd like pay for you to get that too I was wondering, are these things manned or are they going to be like drone They're operated? Manned. Okay. They're manned. Yeah. It's it, it specifically mentioned, the little blurb I'm reading specifically mentions the pilot. So unless it's a robot, which I guess is a possibility. Um, okay. Maybe, I would assume maybe it's you, the toilet paper robot. <laughs> that would be funny. Um, I would assume though, you'd probably need some kind of like aerial license. They couldn't just have like oh, Joe yeah. Schmo hopping out of his Honda Civic and jumping into this aircraft. I wouldn't think so. Also, shout out to Honda. Also not a sponsor. Civic's a great car. But um yeah, I don't I I you would need some kind of you would need to be credentialed in some way to fly this thing, I would think. If only because it probably also costs a million dollars. It doesn't say how much this thing costs or how much it will cost to ride. I mean, you ever go like like during like Uber Flex hours or whatever and or what's the hours for like like let's say you try to get an Uber on New Year's Eve, for example. And it's in there like well, I can't remember what they call it, where you have to pay a lot. It's like some special rate thing where like you go to get an Uber and you want to like go like a mile. And, they're and like, it's like $3,000. Yeah, that'll be $100. Imagine if you want to take an Uber Elevate somewhere on New Year's Eve and you're like not Jeff Bezos. You can't do it, right? Like it's, it would cost the, the overhead on this thing, again, pun intended, has to be enormous but yeah i feel like this will probably be rolled out for the elite class and then maybe as the future rolls towards flying cars for the rest of us maybe then we'll start seeing it for the normal people but we'll we'll probably just be looking up at the skies and seeing all all of the the elite wealthy ones up there in the sky flying i'm i'm okay with more people off the roads that still works out in my favor honestly true as far as i know you can actually you can right now you can get an uber helicopter in certain locations like in like new i'm pretty sure in like new york city and dubai let me google that just to make sure i'm not making it up i'm yeah uber helicopter introducing uber copter came out in july you can get a helicopter but you need a helipad obviously that's pretty wild but that's the same thing with this is like it looks cool it's a big plane you can't park that thing anywhere I don't even know if it does vertical landing and takeoff. Like, yeah, that's it true. Just Where would you take this like thing? A, it just looks like a plane. You would need to park it on a roof somewhere. I, I have no idea. These are all questions. Again, I'm just looking at a little blurb, so I don't really have the all, all the deets on it. But it seems cool, so I mentioned it. Uh, Tactic. What do you have? So the other thing I want to cover is the Ergonite headband. It also measure brainwave. I have a theme. I'm really interested by the brain, guys. Um, but this one measures your brain activity while you sleep. It's a band that you wear over your eyes to help. Oh yeah, I saw this one. Get you Looks- a little bit extra shut eye, cancel out some of the the ambient light. But also while you're sleeping, it measures all of your brain activity, 
and isolates key games and different exercises that you can do about 20 minutes a day, three days a week to then reduce the time it takes you to fall asleep and sleep more sound throughout the night. I think I think that's absolutely incredible. What yeah. do these games look like? I definitely need something like this. It's it's various things. It's mainly more of a, a game like 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 do this exercise or or count sheep. Basically, but but a little bit more uh but it's a little bit a little bit less trivial than that. These these activities, yes, are done during the day, and I assume they're meant to exhaust your brain. So maybe, I mean, for me, if I read a book for all of six seconds before bed, I fall asleep. That is my neuro trick. But who knows, based on everyone's brain is different and everyone's neuro activity is different, everyone's probably got a a little secret sauce that helps knock them out. That sounded creepy. Um, My secret sauce is just NyQuil, just straight up. It's actually, it's like a sauce. That's no, that's that's super cool. Um, I'm wondering how this thing works. Like, what if you're having like a crazy dream? Like, what if you're like on a yacht playing Yahtzee with Sting, like in a dream? Like, does it does it know? Does the thing? What does it? What is? You'll what wake are the up the next morning thing? and it'll and it'll just say WTF, mate. Yeah, right. I'm wondering if it knows you had dreams and if it knows the dreams are particularly intense. It's like, man, what happened? Like, I yeah. There's a lot of questions here, but there's a lot of questions with a lot of this stuff. Um, but getting a good eight hours, pretty key. So, yeah. Something I do not get enough of. Yeah. I'm going to sleep right after this. Probably it's going to be fantastic. Uh, nerd bomber close us out here. So one of the other things that I thought was pretty, and not so much interesting, but just like reminiscent of a movie that I really love was Segway's new S-Pod. And this thing is basically a scooter. It looks like one of the chairs from WALL-E. And I, I don't know if that like bodes well for society moving forward. Like I felt like that was one of those movies. It's like, hey, maybe don't get in a chair that looks like this because you will lose all of your bone density and be fat forever. Um, but it's basically a new people mover. And you're seated in this thing. It, it's based off of actually, they said the gyroscopes from Jurassic World. They use it as inspiration for their standing scooters. And with instead of leaning, you're actually using a knob that changes the vehicle center of gravity. And I think you can hit speeds of up to 24 miles per hour. And it's not made for road situations it's for like closed campuses or theme parks or something like that. And it's basically just a giant like cradle that you can zoom around in and. Honestly, to me, like, I don't know when would I ever use this? Like, if I'm in a theme park or a closed campus or something like that, why do I need to go 24 miles an hour while sitting? Like, what am I doing? Why do I need to go that fast? Why can't right. people just wait for me to walk there? And also, like, didn't Segway watch Wally? What are you doing, Segway? That's true. Wally was a cautionary tale, if ever there was one. Also, a fantastic movie, if you haven't seen it. There's really um, two cautionary tales. Don't be lazy and stop and smell the roses. And don't get left behind. That's, I feel like that's, that's one of the critical tales, cautionary tales, is this guy gets left behind and it sucks. Um, don't be Wally, kid. Well, actually be Wally because Wally's like, he turned out to be like a hero. Spoiler alert. But don't be like him. Don't get left behind. But Wally was anti that society. That's so, true. So be Wally. Be the hero, be anti the chair mover society. Well, Wally was just cleaning up trash. 
he was and he was doing it for all of us so um yeah be, be wally definitely be wally and be listening for the next however long because we're gonna shoot it over to some of our friends for a quick ad break hey this is ken m padawan j coach duffy from the ocho duro parlay hour podcast Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParlayHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points are a companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. We are back. Before we move on to a brief uh, run through of the Golden Globes winners, uh, I do want to mention our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Ben Checkness. Uh, as many of you who are regular listeners know, Ben has been supporting us for a while now at the highest of our three tiers of Patreon support. Uh, he supports us at the night level, which means he gets a producer credit. Uh, he gets uh, this shout out in every episode, and he also gets input into our weekly game segment, along with uh, access to the monthly secret segment and the monthly vlog and Ben has also done a couple of guest spots now on the show. Um, and if he continues to support us, he'll likely do another. Uh, and that could be you. So um, you would want to be a part of that. Uh, if you want to support us on one of our lower two levels, though, uh, we also have the Squire level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And the Page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. So if you like what you're listening to and you want to support what we do, uh, we obviously super, super appreciate that because we love doing this and any little bit of support helps. Uh, you can head on over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more of the details. The Golden Globes uh, happened this past Sunday. Um, there were a few shakeups. Disney did not win anything. Netflix also pretty much did not win anything. Uh, the major winners uh best motion picture uh drama went to 1917 which actually is not even out yet so i feel like that's kind of lame uh i think it comes out later in this month it's about world war one uh best motion picture musical or comedy went to once upon a time in hollywood i was pulling for knives out uh, i saw both of those movies i did not care too much for once upon a time myself uh renee zellweger um best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama for her work in judy and of course joaquin phoenix uh winning best actor in a motion picture drama for joker which i believe all of us saw and um that movie was pretty chilling in its own right uh let's see going through some of the other highlights here uh best actor in a supporting role went to brad pitt for once upon a time he edged out tom hanks for his performance as mr rogers uh, Taron Edgerton won Best Performance by an Actor in Musical or Comedy for Rocket Man. Um, Notice nobody from Cats. Nobody from Cats was even nominated because why would that be a thing? Uh, Sam Mendes, Best Director again for 1917. Best Screenplay went to Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time, which looks to have been one of the bigger winners. Uh, Disney uh, missed Best Animated Motion Picture for the first time in what has to be quite a while. Uh, they had Frozen 2 the lion king and toy story 4 all nominated uh i did not see missing link which was the winner um toy story 4 was phenomenal so it's, it's hard for me to believe 
it didn't pull that off. Yeah, um, I was very surprised. I felt like Missing Link for me totally ran under the radar. I didn't, I mean, I knew it was advertised, but I didn't even think that that was a movie that I wanted to go see. And now after this, like it edged out Frozen 2, it edged out Toy Story, it edged out The Lion King, which arguably was both live action and animated. So I don't know if it really fits that category. And also How to Train Your Dragon, which honestly, I loved that movie. Like I would argue that might've been up there with Toy Story 4 in terms of movies that I really enjoyed. So to watch all of those movies get edged out, by missing link like now i kind of want to go see it and i was zero percent interested in it before. we will watch it and let you guys know what we think there you have it um in in the area of television uh succession winning for best television series drama of course fleabag winning again for best television series musical or comedy and phoebe waller bridge winning best actress in that category as well uh chernobyl which i think i talked about um, on a, at least one episode of the podcast, uh, one best limited series. Um, let's see, just scrolling through some of the rest of these for any notables. Uh, I think succession um, one for best drama TV series. I don't know if you mentioned that. I did. I did. Sorry. Um, oh, that's all right. Uh, best performance by an actor in a television series, musical or comedy went to Rami Youssef for his show Rami on Hulu, which I've never even heard of him. Ex- uh, him accepting that award was by far my favorite thing because he was just perfectly awkward with it he literally walked up and and said oh you guys probably don't don't even see my show like he stuttered just like that and he said oh you guys must think i'm the editor okay thanks bye like it was just wonderfully awkward and hilarious and so true because this is another one of those kind of under the radar good shows that you right. check out yeah like when i've I'm, seen it on hulu like i've scrolled past it but i honestly like i haven't heard any chatter about this show and now again it's right. something that it makes me want to go see and like watch because he beat out michael douglas bill Hader, ben platt and paul rudd All yeah i mean that's a pretty, fairly heavy hitters when they went through the nominees and i honestly had no idea who he was and i was like okay well it's definitely not that guy and then when he won i was super shocked and I mean, maybe shame on me for not knowing what that show is, but I need to do a deep dive on Hulu, I think, because I totally missed that. Yeah, Hulu in general is, is one that I struggle with keeping up with things there. I mean, uh, Killing Eve, which I think was also nominated for Best Drama um, and had a couple of, um, of nominees in the acting categories as well, uh, is one I've been meaning to watch for a while and haven't gotten around to and of course fleabag on amazon prime has been just essentially sweeping the awards it did super well at the emmys and again did super well here at the golden globes so um yeah we don't have time to to dive any deeper into the golden globes but uh congrats of course to all the winners and uh we'll see what television and film bring us this year for next year's awards uh let's talk about what we've been doing um here in the beginning of the new year and let's start with my good buddy tactic what do you have for us today okay so my big thing for this past week was nerd bomber and i binge watched a show called living with yourself which i do believe we did talk about that when the trailer launched but we put it on back burner for a very long time yeah yes that was what he was nominated for it does it does star paul rudd and for those of you who don't know I am an identical twin, and the show is about him kind of being stuck with an accidental clone of himself, and a lot of the parallels of that 
to my own life, I just found incredibly hilarious first off because they were basically competing the whole thing for this life, which needless to say, I'm winning, I think, at least I think I'm winning, but wow. it's, it is a very relatable thing for an identical twin and the camaraderie slash comedy behind it, but also the drama that was manifested from these situations was also quite done really, really quite well. And overall we binged it in like a weekend and I don't think they'll, I remember the last time I've watched a show that quickly. So I do highly recommend it. Even if yes. you're not an identical twin. Hayes and I actually picked that show up back when it first came out and we got a few episodes in, we stopped. I don't remember why exactly. Um, not because it was bad. I think we just had, we had a lot going on at the time or something. So we'll have to pick it back up. Um, I will obviously say, I, love, I love Paul Rudd. So it, it did have like funny moments, but it got a lot darker very serious. and serious more so than I expected it to get. But it was like, it was riveting, honestly. Like every time an episode ended, we just kind of looked at each other and we're like, okay, we have to hit the next button because I need to see what's going to happen now. And just the way that the show bounced from perspective to perspective, like it didn't just focus on the original Paul Rudd's character. Like it showed one episode was from the perspective of the clone. One episode was even from the perspective of his wife, kind of. And I really liked how it jumped around and it made you emphasize with all of the characters. So like you didn't really know who to root for. Like you kind of always rooted for the original a little bit, but you still kind of emphasized with all of the other characters. And it, it was brilliant in my opinion. I don't know. I really liked it. It was a good show. Well, and like you said, I mean, I'm, one thing I remember about it pretty much right off the bat is that it's it's very serious. It's more serious than you would expect. So I, I think I, you should be prepared for that going in. But um, that is a kind of a narrative challenge, right? Is make make the audience root for a clone is like, I think, an, an interesting narrative challenge. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Living With Yourself. Shout out to Netflix. Uh, Nerd Bomber, anything additional to add on what you've been up to? Uh, so I received the Ring Fit Adventure for Christmas from my parents, and I finally got a chance to try it out over the weekend. And I will say I was super impressed with what I've gotten a chance to see so far from the game. I've only done two about one hour workout sessions each. And I will say that, first of all, the entire ring system, I wasn't sure how that would work and how effective it would be at tracking movements and tracking your exercise. But it honestly, like it seemed to be pretty good when I was doing squat movements if I didn't get into deep enough of a squat it would not register it would tell me like oh you have to get lower and all of the workouts that they had you doing like I felt muscle burn a couple days after like I'm still kind of sore my quads are beat right now and the gamification of exercise was super satisfying I think they did a really good job making it like a fun kind of RPG story they also do a really good job of making sure that you stop and get water and rest and make sure that especially if you're new to exercise which I've been going to the gym a lot the last couple of weeks but if you're newer to exercise making sure that you don't overexert yourself I also it made me recognize the technical wonder that is the Joy-Con and I mean every time I actually look at the Joy-Con's capabilities I get astounded but they actually there's the IR receiver on the bottom of one of the Joy-Cons and they actually utilize that to track your heart rate at the end of a workout and I measured it up because I have a Garmin smartwatch that I wear all the time and I measured it up against the heart rate that that was giving me which I found to be pretty accurate even against like workout machines I've measured it and I'm pretty satisfied with its accuracy and I would say that the Joy-Con measured probably within like 
0.5% accuracy every time that it took my heart rate, which I thought was super impressive. Overall, I think like if you're new to exercise, I think this is a really good way to get started. It does a great job of teaching you different exercises. It's very well-rounded. There were leg exercises, arm exercises, core. There's even yoga poses. I mean, it's really good at even adjust strength based on like they have you like push in on the ring con and stretch it out to kind of see what your physical fitness level is. And it's willing to adjust the number of reps or how hard you need to squeeze the ring con per exercise. Overall, like I'm just very astounded by how good it is. Like I, I saw a lot of the reviews that said it was a very good game and that the technology and the equipment was good. But I guess I just needed to see for myself and I am blown away. So I'll probably be playing that more, obviously. Like, I think it's going to be a good stopgap for the days when I can't get to the gym. And I'm very excited to keep using it because I'm sore, so it must be working. I didn't even know the Joy-Con could take heart rate. I did not either until, like, the the little dialogue box came up that was like, oh, place your thumb over the IR sensor. And I was like, okay, well, this can't be accurate. But I was shocked. It was pretty accurate. I liked it. Wild times. Um on my end, game-wise, uh, I have not yet started Control, uh, but that will be on my slate in the coming days, so I'm sure next week that's what I'll be talking about. Um, what I want to talk about this week is, when I'm home for the holidays, one thing that I often do with, with some friends is play a bunch of board games. Um, and I, there's two that I want to shout out that I that I played. Um, one is called Clank in Space. Uh, it's a combination deck builder and kind of survival adventure is what i'll call it and you it takes place you guessed it in space um about an hour and a half playthrough at least the first time we were playing because there was some ramp up with learning the rules uh had a really good time with that one that's a little bit heavier uh one that's a little bit lighter is called spirits of the forest um and it sounds lighter and it is lighter that probably was about a half hour playthrough um and that's much less deck buildery and much more t- i don't want to say tile placement but a similar mechanic to that um that's much just much more relaxing i like i played that game while drinking a cup of green tea and it just put me in a very good place um so i will probably be playing more board games i actually got a board game from you two as a gift uh space explorers which i will be playing in the coming days um with some friends here so i'll be reporting back on that experience as well board games are great guys uh if you're not in the world of board games, it's a very rich and diverse world right now. So you're going to want to get a piece of that. Yeah, I feel like board games have really had a resurgence in the last probably like five years or so. They've been bigger than ever. And I feel like there's always new games coming out that aren't just like throwaway party games. Not that party games aren't good games, but like they're very well thought out games. And there's a lot of them coming out. And I feel like it's like kind of a golden age for board games and it's going unnoticed. Well, so I, I, I think it pairs with their kind of the resurgence of nerd culture, which like you could argue shows up in the fact that this podcast exists. Like nerd culture is very mainstream. Now nerd, being a nerd is cool. You know, that's like one thing. And a lot of these board games are just very nerdy because they involve a lot of analytical thought and, um, things that you probably would not think were cool. Like back in the nineties. Uh, the other thing is that websites like Kickstarter have really allowed, uh, creators of these board games which in in certain instances are like extremely complex by the way um it allows these creators a place to put their work and say hey if you like what you see you can crowdfund this and this can become a reality and i've played i don't know how many games that have been kickstarted that's like actually a very viable marketplace for for 
uh, board game creators. So it's super cool. Um, you know, I could talk for many more hours about my experiences with board games in the past few years and how great they've been. Um, but I won't because we have to talk about fantasy movie league because season four, I can never remember if it's season four or five, but a new season has just begun. And as of right now, we have a champion on this podcast. Tectic has his first win. And thank goodness it was a new season because I was just tanking last season. I could not get anywhere for, for the life of me. So, well, you're somewhere now. Uh, you are at the top with 105 million on the season after one week. Uh, Hipster Pop Geek at 103, Mecha Yoda at 102, Nerd Bomber in fourth place at 99, just about. Uh, Florida Hawk at 98, Devin Reed at 94, Secret Asian Man back in the mix at 83 and a half. Our good friend Ben at 73, and then we have the people who forgot, like myself. I need to set an alarm on my phone is what I'm going to do after this week because I only had 29 million. Uh, Spitfire rounding out the top 10 as well with 22 and a half. So if you want to join the new season of Fantasy Movie League, uh, you can join our league, which is the Online Warriors Podcast League at fantasymovieleague.com. Search for Online Warriors Podcast. The password to get into the league, which is private, is podcast all overcase. Now is the time, guys. Now is the time to get in, to compete, uh, to beat me. Look, I gave you all a weak head start, basically. Um, and some of you took it, some of you didn't. But um, come on over and compete with us. It's a lot of fun. Um, and we look forward to having you. We have come now to our final segment of the show. Our good friend Ben uh picked a great lie detector topic for us this week uh we're talking about hockey team names and we're talking about obviously not major league teams because because you know we know those we're talking about even below the ahl like teams that i'm sure you've never heard of um and i'm gonna say i have the list in front of me right now i have 21 names so we'll try and go through these pretty quickly um they are pretty ridiculous. So let's I'm just excited. dive. Let's dive right in. I'm excited to. I think I'm going to fool you guys with a couple this week. So what constitutes a real team name? I'm not. Sh- every every team name here is the name of a location followed by the name of a team. Is that okay. is that what your question is? I gotcha. Okay. It probably give- has to be like above Bush League hockey. Because, like, I know what you're trying to get at, that, like, you could be called the Average Joes, and that's technically a team name, but I'm sure this is probably, like, leagues and such, right? These are, like, well-documented. The ECHL is where most of these are from. Um, I got these off of a little website called sportsillustrated.com, so I'm pretty sure they're all legit. Uh, Also, not coincidentally, most of the places are in Canada, so get hyped for that. Um, We are going to start with the Lexington Bourbonites. Lexington, of course, being in Kentucky, the bluegrass state, known for its bourbon. Uh, and we'll start with, with Nerd Bomber, uh, because ladies first, chivalry's not dead. Okay, I'm going to hazard a guess and say this one's made up. I don't really think hockey when I think Kentucky, so I'm going to also say made up. Okay, so I tried to fool you both early, and it didn't work on either of you. That is fake. I made it up. Uh I thought it was good, so I'm already it was a disappointed. Good try. Uh, let's see if we can't fool you guys at least one other time. Uh, the Saskatoon Platooners. 
Tactic, I think you should go first on tactic this one. Is, tactic is first this time. I'm going to go real because I don't know where Saskatoon is and I it sounds like a place. I think Saskatoon is real, but I think their hockey team is called something else. So I'm going to say fake. I think you're going to try to throw us off by naming a real city, but giving me a fake name. So Saskatoon is in Saskatchewan. I don't know what their hockey team is called, but it's not the Saskatoon Platooners. Oh, yeah. Uh, I made that up. I also tell you right now, uh, I didn't make up any places. All the places in my fakes are real. So you're not going to want to use that for any sort of guidance. Okay. Uh, Let's go with the Hamilton Fin Cups. I think this is not a real team because i think hamilton has a team that's called the ice dogs but i could be wrong i'm gonna agree with that i'm gonna go that it's fake the hamilton fin cups are very real uh what is a fin cup i don't know but it's real they're from hamilton Hmm. uh look them up go to a game uh let's go to the halifax mooseheads tactic i think this oh that's real for sure yeah, th- I know for a fact this one is real because for for reference for me, in every NHL game, I start a be a pro career in the lowest level and the Halifax Mooseheads is always the team that the I Halifax? start. Halifax? Yeah. They're, they're, it's real. Because I love it's, the Moosehead. I, I think, it, I don't know, I just like Mooseheads. Mm. The Halifax Mooseheads. Uh, okay, so you guys both got that one right. Uh, Nerd Bomber maintains a one point lead, uh, th- three to two. Uh, let's try the Florida Everblades. I think this one is false. Hmm. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with real just to try to get back in the game. You are back in the game. It is real. I mean, that's a very clever name. It's one of my favorite names on here. Big fan of the Florida Everblades. Um, let's stay in the Sunshine State and go to the Orlando Solar Bears. I think this one is probably fake maybe i hope i'm going fake too is on the on the solar bears so you guys were both wrong also nerd bomber i don't think you were supposed to go first that time i think that was tactics turn Ooh, sorry. Um, it doesn't matter you're both wrong it's real i don't I, I don't know what to say i find that i don't know what to say when something's real but it's real guys but florida uh, doesn't have bears do they florida uh, but the solar bear it's like a joke like solar polar you know oh oh okay like play, oh, i get uh, it now words okay i get it this next one is again one of my favorites on here uh the knoxville johnnies tactic i think this one that's goes over. fake come on ah i feel like because you said it's one of your favorites then maybe it's real so are you saying it's real yeah i think it's real unless you're patting yourself on the back <sighs> i am patting myself on the back oh. <laughs> super super fake uh johnny knoxville of course of of uh jackass fame knoxville being a place in tennessee made it up completely uh someone can feel free to steal that name because i think it's great the odessa jackalopes is next also technic took the lead yeah there you go i was waiting for you to say it so the the odessa jackalopes the odessa jackalopes and this time it's it's nerd bomber first okay i think this one's real where is odessa (laughs) I believe Odessa is in Texas. Like 90% sure. Yes, it is in Texas. I'm going to go real. You were both correct. It is real. I suppose the location was very helpful there. Maybe I shouldn't have told you. But I was um, I was hoping that he would go fake, but alas, because the jackalope's not, not real. Yeah. <laughs> the Rockford Ice Hogs. Now you mentioned ice dogs before a nerd bomber. Rockford being in Illinois. I'm going to tactic first. 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go real. So I'm going to try to get back in the game by saying this one is fake. Tactic pulling away. This one is real. The ice hogs. Hey, you ever seen an ice hog before? I have. I just didn't know where they were located. I guess like I knew it was a team name somewhere. I just didn't know where. Ugh. How many? How many of these do we have left? Do I have a chance to get back in the game? Oh, if you guys want to, I mean, it depends on when you want to stop. I think there's like 10 left. There's quite, there's quite a few left. I will leave uh, it up to you as the quiz master. See, let's, let's, do, let's do five more to give you a sporting chance. What do you say? Okay, I'm done with that. Uh, and let's start with the Thunder Bay Thunder. I think, I think this one is real. I think it's also real. I fooled you both. It is fake. Uh, it sounds like it could be real, though, because of how good it is. So there's a win it was for actually, me, the quiz master. It was actually so bad that it had to be real. The Thunder Bay Thunder. <laughs> yeah. I, I you know what? I accept that as a as a logic for why it was why it had to be real, but it was fake. I made it up. The Providence Sweets. I am going to go with real. I'm going to say this is fake. This is fake. Nerd Bomber gets a little bit closer. Oh, yeah. It's now six to five. Uh, sweet Providence. That's why That's why I just said, okay, flip that and make Providence sweet. Providence, of course, being in Rhode Island. Uh, the Columbia Records. I think this one is going to be real. So there's this one and then one more. Then it's, it's, it's up, right? Uh, there's two more after this. Okay. Can you repeat it? Columbia Records. The Columbia Records. Can you use it in a sentence? I cannot oh the columbia records scored i don't know what do do hockey commentators say i'm going to go real it is fake so you both said it's real it's fake we Uh, stink at this made it up i think i'm doing a pretty good job yeah Uh, you're definitely you're fooling us a lot on these ones this is good i like this let's do uh macon whoopee macon is a place in georgia i'm not saying make you know macon whoopee is like the sex thing Oh yeah, tactic. This is you, right? That's 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 fake. There's no way. That's fake. In the interest of trying to get ahead, and also the fact that I feel like some team somewhere would think that this is hilarious and do this, I'm going to say real. This is real. Oh, Macon yeah. Whoopi is real. So we're now now we're tied. Where is Going, where is Macon located? It's in Georgia, I believe. Let me. I'll tell you what. Let me fact check that for you really quick. So. Um, while you're fact checking, can you please tell us what the logo of this looks like? Like, is it a whoopee cushion or like what? Is... Well, I can look that up too. And like, is the mascot a giant whoopee cushion or some it's kind of a, like? It's just a leaf. It's very oh. similar looking to the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is kind of underwhelming. Um, Macon is in Georgia. And yeah, this is part of the Central Hockey League, which I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that. I don't even know anything about the Central Hockey League, but... It's real and it's spectacular. Okay, so we have one more here. And we're going to go with the Beaumont Boilers. Beaumont, Tex- Beaumont Texas. Uh, I think oh, I go sh- first, right? I think I don't remember who went first last time. I want to say it's Nerd Bomber. I think this one is real. Can you repeat it? The Beaumont Boilers. That's real. Well, we have to do another question because you're both <laughs> that wrong. That does not help us. It is fake. Let's do the humbled pies <laughs> that's real this one is fake because humboldt does have a team but it's not the pies this is fake nerd bomber the come from behind victory humbled pies is fake humble pie a lot of you know it's funny i i think and tactic you touched on why i was so successful here is that all of mine were so stupid that they couldn't possibly be fake 
they had to be real but they were fake because i made them up but i mean when um, you had making Whoopi thrown in there yeah like, that, that's what yeah. threw me off so i said oh, that was, humble that was pie. that's got to be real then so there was one more I, and the game's over but there was one more fake one that i had that i didn't use and it, and it was the void minster abbeys my like i just looked at a map of canada and would pick a city and just make a team name up that was my process here that's so, a pretty good idea hopefully it came through uh congratulations to nerd bomber um you will be hosting next week's quiz whatever it may be and uh hopefully you the listener will be there for that because we always love having you and uh we appreciate you continuing to show up uh again if you want to hit any of any of us up on the social meets we are on twitter at ow legal 86 at ow tactic and at ow nerd bomber uh, we're also on Instagram at Online Warriors Podcast, and we have a main Twitter account at Online Warriors One. And you can also hit us up on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We would really appreciate that. And um, yeah, we appreciate you, and we'll talk at you again next week. See you next week. See ya.